Well, good morning. I really hope that this is about the time change and not because people heard I was preaching this morning. Yes, hope not. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But uh, no, I hope uh, you all are enjoying our series uh, about time to grow up, knowing Jesus. And um, of course, I think uh, maybe Spoon can see I did a little Star Trek reference. Boldly going where you may not have gone before. So uh, I hope that that will become clear to you as we go through. Um, Well, I'm going to tell you something. Ms. Johnson was a mean teacher. Big and mean. (laughs) At least to a sixth grader. Uh, If you notice, my nephew colored me in. I'm the one in orange up there at the top. But uh, Ms. Johnson was my sixth grade teacher. But she was also my fourth grade teacher. And she was the last teacher who gave me a paddling at school. Yes, in the old days, we still had the paddles. And yes, I got paddled at school. And she was the last one to paddle me uh, in fourth grade. Um, and I remember I got paddled in fourth grade because it, we had gotten in trouble for something as a class and we had to put our heads down. And so I whispered something to the person next to me and, oh man, it was just the wrong thing to do because I want to tell you, she it took me up and I was the class example, five licks, five licks was one. And she had one of those really short paddles. that was about that thick. And oh man, she put all of her might into those five licks. Wham, 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 wham. So uh, that's one thing I will not forget. Because, of course, you all know the old saying, you get trouble at school, you get trouble at home. So I knew that was coming as well. But uh, actually, I think I did get out of it at home because I don't think I ever told my parents. But uh, that was <laughs> that was the last... Now that I think back on that. But... Um, I'm going to tell you, she was intimidating, and the paddling really hurt, and that's what I had in mind one morning when I had her as a, when I was a sixth grade student, because you see, in the good old days, um, the teacher wasn't always right there in the classroom uh, all the time, so, uh, supervising from daylight to dark, and so when we would get to school a little bit early before class time started, uh, the teacher might have been somewhere else. And it just so happened that the, this particular morning uh, that I'm going to speak about, Miss Johnson was in the library. Uh, we were given a certain measure of freedom. And so there were probably three or four of us in the classroom before school started that morning. Uh, and the classroom was in a separate building away from the main building at school. Uh, so there really wasn't too many people around. So you can imagine... A few 11-year-old boys together. Um, Of course, you all know, and I've talked about this to many of you, what a Star Wars fan that I am. And we'll get away with this. And So, of course, my conscience started eating at me, and I looked at the clock, and I realized there's no way. She's going to notice. There's little bits of glass on the floor. She's going to notice something. So I decided I'm going to go... And I'm going to talk to her. I'm going to tell her what happened. 
And of course, she's in the library. And she's in the library with my first grade teacher, who had become the librarian. And my, you know, I've just got those things, you know, those bad memories of first grade too, where I was paddled in first grade and put in the corner. So yeah, I got paddled a lot um, before fourth grade. But uh, anyway, I mean, this was a woman who, there was a guy in our class, his name was Ricky Snyder. He's actually not in this picture, so I can't point him out. He must have been absent that day. But, I mean, this kid got paddled every day at school. He was our example. Ricky, poor Ricky, he got paddled every day. And I just, I was thinking about poor Ricky, and I, I, I was just dreading, just, oh, going to the library because it was in the main building and I was walking and I was praying and I thought, oh Lord, there's got to be stuff that I can do. And so I got there and I decided I was just going to come clean. So I did. I told her the whole truth. Uh, I broke the clock. We were goofing off and uh, I'm, I was ready to take my punishment. So I waited to hear my death sentence. And nothing. I was shocked. I mean, she actually, she told me she appreciated my honesty. She told me she was proud of me for coming and talking to her and cleaning up the mess. I wasn't going to get a paddling. I was so relieved. I mean, I didn't know what to do. It was hard to describe the relief that I went back and told the other kids that we were not going to get in trouble because they didn't want me to go in the first place. But uh, that was really, looking back on it, an important day for me. And actually, later on, for my faith, too, because one of the things that taught me that day was to be honest and to be honest with myself, uh, be honest with other people, uh, and to be confident in telling the truth um, to others. And later in life, I'd look back on that moment many times as I thought about being honest with other people, uh, being honest with God. And that's one of the reasons why I chose that story. Because when I when I was doing this and thinking about a story for a sermon illustration, this one just readily just popped in my mind because of that. Um, so this morning we're going to deal with being honest and bold and confident before God. We're going to be looking at Hebrews uh, chapter four, verses four through fourteen. If you want to uh, turn there now. Um, Again, I would like to repeat our theme. What is our theme for Hebrews? Anybody? Ah, oh, very good. Yes, it's time to grow up knowing Jesus. And sometimes I think part of that growing up is we need to realize that God is not out to get us. We need to grow up and realize that God is not there wanting to squash us for every little bad thing that we do in our lives. It's time to grow up and realize, too, that Jesus is there for us 24-7. Now, I'm going to kind of qualify this and, and kind of put this with my story. I'm not saying that every time we go to God very honestly... I'm not going to say we're going to get off the hook every time. I'm not going to say that we're always relieved of all the consequences of the sins in our lives. And I'm not saying that we can always sin and get away with it. But what I'm saying 
is that as children of God, we can all approach God with boldness and confidence. Especially when we're tempted because of who Jesus is. And it says here in the scriptures, we'll read here in a moment, that God will intervene in our time of need. Let's stand and let's read the scripture together. We're going to read verses uh, 14 through 16, Hebrews chapter 4. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith that we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. This has been the word of the Lord. You may be seated. I, you know, I, I just love this passage of Scripture. And in my Christian journey, I've leaned on it many, many times. And I guess I learned this verse in the King James. So that's kind of where the, the uh, title of my sermon comes from. Because I remember in the King James it says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. And so I remember that. And so this morning, I want to challenge you that it's time to grow up, that we can boldly go where we may not have gone before. Because of Jesus' obedience to God's will, because of Jesus' death on the cross, we can approach God with confidence or boldness through Christ because He knows what it's like to be human. He knows what it's like to be tempted by saying only that he didn't give in to the temptation of sin. But he can sympathize with us. And so far in the sermon series, we've, we've talked about the greatness of Jesus, about his superiority to angels, his superiority to the prophets, about his superiority to Moses. Now, in this chapter, what we see is Jesus' superiority to the high priest of Israel as well. And why was Jesus superior? Uh, Because the high priest, even though they were the ones offering sacrifices, they were still men. They were still men who sinned. And they had to cleanse themselves before they could enter the temple to offer sacrifices. And only the most high priest could go into the holiest of holies, that center of the temple where the Ark of the Covenant was kept. And he could only go in there once a year to offer a sin offering for the people of Israel. And the Holy of Holies was separated from the rest of the temple by this huge curtain. But I want to tell you something today that's exciting And just amazing to me that God decided to break through that barrier. He used Jesus to break through that barrier because he wanted us to have access to him. He wanted us to have more access. And according to the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, at the moment of Jesus' death, that curtain that separated the outer temple from the holiest of holies, 
it was torn from top to bottom, completely breaking that barrier. Jesus broke that barrier. And now, from that moment onward, Jesus is the only high priest that we need. Jesus is the only way. And the great thing is, we don't have to wait once a year to have our sins forgiven. We don't have to wait once a month or once a week when we come here or even once a day. But we can boldly go before Jesus with confidence in, in any hour of need, no matter day or night. I mean, do you realize what that means? That means so much freedom that Jesus has given us. No matter whom you are, no matter where you are in life, today, right now, you can approach the throne of God and ask for forgiveness. Look at verse 16 again. It says, look at what we will receive. We can go and we can receive mercy. And we can find grace to help us. And I mean, that's an exciting thing for me. Because how many times this morning, how many of you could maybe use a little mercy? Maybe use a little grace in your life this morning. I'm going to tell you, I am the poster child for mercy and grace and needing that. Because I'm going to tell you, I cannot count the times that I need mercy and grace in my life. But think about how your life can be different today because you can confidently and boldly go and ask God for mercy and grace. And I realize that maybe some of you here today uh, don't feel so confident in asking for that mercy and grace. I realize there may be some people here who think, you know what, I'm just, I'm unforgivable. Do you feel that maybe you're just the type of person that God couldn't love? Because if you do feel that way this morning, I'm going to tell you, you don't have to feel that way. Because God wants you. Even though Jesus was without sin, He still knows what it's like to be you, to be human. And remember, I spoke a few weeks ago about that very thing, that Jesus became like us to save us. You this morning can boldly approach God and ask for forgiveness. No matter how bad that you think you are, God can give you mercy and grace. He can change your heart if you're willing to surrender your heart to Him. You know, some of you, you may struggle with the same temptations from day to day. And look at what the scripture says. It says that Jesus was tempted in every way that we are, yet was without sin. He knows, Jesus knows what it's like to be tempted. Even though he passed the test, he, he did not sin. He knows all the answers to the test. When we're tempted, we don't have to wait until we're here on Sunday to pray about it. God can help you in that moment of temptation right there. If you struggle with the same temptations day after day after day, right in that moment of temptation, that's what the Scripture is talking about. You can boldly go before God with confidence and approach Him and ask Him for help. 
He'll give us mercy and grace. And He'll change your heart. If you're willing to change your heart, willing to give up that temptation, Jesus will change your heart. I think many times we struggle with this because we need to remove barriers in our lives that keep us from approaching God. And I think that we sometimes may have a difficult time in approaching God with this confidence because of the sin that we feel that we have in our lives. And I think sometimes we even get comfortable with that notion. We like that barrier there. We like that barrier between us and God because it offers us excuses. Because it is difficult to stand before an almighty God. It's difficult to be stripped bare and to go before God and say, this is who I am. I think sometimes it's easier to think that someone else might go in our place. Maybe we might think that it's better if a friend just go ahead and pray for us rather than approaching God himself. It's kind of like maybe if you all had a brother or sister or you had a best friend. Remember what it was like? You wanted to spend the night with your best friend. And so you would send them to go ask your parents to, to ask if you could spend the night because you know your parents would have a harder time saying no to them than to you. And sometimes I think in some ways, some elementary way, we, we think about God that way too. That sometimes, well, you know, maybe if I send someone else to pray for me, maybe if you'll just pray for me, then I won't have to worry about that. But I'm going to tell you, We can approach God boldly. Maybe, you know, do you depend on someone to do that sort of thing? Are you expecting someone to pray for you to get something done in your life? Maybe you think, you know, that person's a better person. Maybe you think that God would rather listen to someone else. But this morning I want to tell you that God knows your heart. God already knows who you are. Jesus became like us to save us so we could confidently approach him ourselves. We can boldly go maybe where we have not gone before with God. We don't have to construct those barriers because Jesus destroyed those barriers. And I think he expects us to approach him ourselves. And he expects us to do it with boldness and with confidence. And I can tell you this morning that I struggle with that. Because I I think that Joji, Tim, and David could tell you that I have many struggles with that. With the worthiness of maybe standing before you uh, and preaching the word. But I'm going to tell you, it's taken several years now of being able to approach God with boldness to overcome those fears. It's taken several years of going to God and saying, you know what, God, I can't do it. I can't do it unless you help me. And I'm going to tell you, it's it's every time, it's every time that I get up here, I feel that God has answered that prayer that I've been able to boldly go to him and say, you know what, God, I need help with the sermon.
I can't do it. I, I don't know how. I don't know where to begin. But I can't tell you the many, many times that God has just made his path clear to me. It's one of those things that I realize that comes with going to God and being bold and confident is that there's another part of that, which is obedience. I've had to learn that I had to approach God so that he could help me. I had to be willing to say, you know what, God, here I am. I'm willing to lay myself down. We have a choice. We have a choice that we can walk confidently to God or we can walk wearily away. When we go to God, you know, is He going to give us every bit of our hearts, our wants, and desires? No. Is God going to do everything absolutely for us every time we go? No. But the great thing is, is that he is on the journey with us. Because Jesus Christ walked the same path that we walked. He knows what it's like to be human. It says here that he has sympathy for our weaknesses. Right there in verse 15, it says that he has sympathy for our weaknesses. Because Jesus has been there, he's done that without the sin. Jesus suffered. He was abandoned by his friends. He was beaten. Uh, His family turned his back on him. Many times uh, he was alone. And I think at that greatest time, at the moment of his death, we're not even, when he took on the sins of the world, that not even the Father could look upon him. That Jesus was utterly and terribly alone. He knows what it's like to be alone in the world. But the exciting thing is, is that at that moment, he was thinking of us. He was thinking of you. He was thinking of me. I'd like to look briefly at verses 7 through 9 in chapter 5. It says, During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with loud cries and tears to the one who could save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverent submission. Although he was a son, he learned obedience from what he had suffered, and once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. Jesus was made perfect because he was obedient. Jesus was looking for a way. He, that night in Gethsemane before he went to the cross, he was praying. He said, God, if there's any other way to do it, let this cup pass from me. But that's not what God's will was. And Jesus realized that. He knew that. And he was an obedient servant. And he went to the cross willingly. He suffered willingly for us. He went boldly and confidently knowing that that's what God had asked him to do. Today it's time for us to grow up. It's time to learn who Jesus is. It's time not to be afraid anymore. I know when I was in middle school and in high school, 
Um, I went through this period of my life where I was horribly terrified of my dad. And I, I, I don't know why. It's hard to say why. My dad very rarely ever spanked me growing up. If I was spanked, my mom definitely did it. I can count on one hand the time that my father had to, had to spank me. He very rarely grounded me. He, most of the discipline was carried out by my mom. But I'm telling you, I was terrified of my dad. And when it came time, I got my license and I was driving. And I would want to drive. And I would go and I asked my mom, I said, Mom, can I borrow the car? She'd say, you have to ask your dad. And oh, man. I dreaded it so much I didn't have my own car, so I had to use his car, and I would dread because I would know, I would, I would ask mom all week, is there any way, can you just talk to dad, just tell, ask him, tell him that I, I need to use the car this weekend. She goes, no, you'll have to do it. And so it, normally I didn't see dad till Saturday because of his work schedule, I'd go, and I mean, I, there would be times I'd literally be shaking, and I'd go and I'd ask dad. Dad, can I borrow the car? And almost always, he said yes. You know, and I wondered, you know, over time, why in the world was I so afraid? But the next time I'd have to go and ask for the car, I'd be shaking too. And you see, I think one of the problems was that I really didn't know my dad as well as I thought. Because his dad worked an odd shift. He worked from 3 in the afternoon to 3 in the morning. So when I got home from school, he was already gone to work. I was already in bed by the time he got home. Uh, and sometimes he worked six days a week. So the only time that I saw him, uh, if he didn't work Saturday, I saw him Saturday, sometimes on Sunday. Um, but one of the things that was great is I learned a lot about my dad from listening to his sermons at church. And it took me years really to build a, a relationship where I was confident in approaching him. Because my dad uh, is the king of the house. No one sat in his chair. Uh, you know, he, he ruled the roost. And sometimes I felt he was unapproachable unless he wanted to seek an audience with me, which sometimes he did. He would call me into his chamber and have his little audience with me at times, as he did with all of us. But over the years, I discovered how much my dad and I are alike. And even though sometimes I still have that trepidation of going and asking him for something, I realize that I can approach him more confidently now because our relationship has changed. I feel that I know him better. I've developed this different type of relationship with him over the years because I had to kind of change my heart and to know dad's heart. And I think sometimes we put up these same types of barriers with God. And I think sometimes we don't approach God confidently because we simply just don't know who he is. It takes time. We, we can approach more confidently as we learn who God is for us. As we look in His Word and study His Word, we find out that God is a, a great 
and wonderful and merciful God. A God that sent His only Son. A God that sent His Son to tear down that barrier so that we could have access to Him anytime that we want. And one thing I want definitely for you all to leave here today knowing is that you can boldly and confidently go before God today. 